Are we recording? Is this thing on? Yes, it is. Welcome to RevOps 500, where we invite the world's top marketers to answer the tough questions facing growing organizations. Ooh, sounds important. I'm Sajil Qureshi. And I'm Gil Bates. Join us as we dive deep into the world of RevOps. We'll be learning strategies and expertise from first-hand experience. RevOps 500 is sponsored by CompuTech. They provide technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing. Let's get started. Hey everyone, Sajil Kreshi here with another episode of RevOps 500, where we interview some of the world's greatest B2B marketers. And today, I can't tell you how excited I am. Uh, I'm talking to a compassionate entrepreneur who cares a lot about clients and employees. Uh, she's what many people call a HubSpot champion. I'd call her that too. Uh, she's a founder of a HubSpot Diamond Partner, a remote-ish. She's also the co-owner and remote culture advisor at Culture-ish. And also, she's a fellow partner advisory board member at HubSpot. She's also an angel investor and new fund venture group member as well. Nicole Pereira, welcome to Where Ops 500. Thanks. That was probably the fanciest introduction I've ever, ever had there before. <laughs> there you go. So, so, so definitely, hopefully, it's one you'll remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, so Nicole, why don't we just jump in? So like, uh, what is one RevOps myth that you could share with uh, with our listeners? Oh my gosh, you know, I'm kind of on this uh, tirade right now where I'm finding that that everyone is over, over engineering everything right now. Like I think simplicity needs to be something that we seek to do in RevOps. And somewhere along the way, we all thought that if we, you know, do some really crazy wild things in all these systems and tools, that's the definition of RevOps. And and we've lost our way. We need to find our way back home to to the fact that RevOps is to make things easier, simpler, right? And more profitable. You're trying to make cool. some revenue. You're not trying to complicate things. So so how, how do you do that? How do how do we find our way back home then? I mean, I agree with you. So, so how, how do we do that? What is it, what is it in your opinion? What is the way back? You know, it's it's the fundamentals, I, I find myself talking to people over and over and they're so proud, they're so excited and they're having so fun in one one little spot of the RevOps world. And they just sort of like ignore the rest, right? And so this one area has like all this attention, super over-engineered, but the rest of whatever you're doing is like missing even the basic fundamentals, right? We're like, we're missing just the, the basics of what we need to get stood up or to build a process or to train a person or to analyze data. It's like when we don't have all the fundamentals, just like a really good healthy layer, then it's kind of difficult to go crazy and experiment on top of it and do something over here on the left and do something over on the right. And it's almost like we just have to go to like the things that we learned in one-on-one, you know, like, like don't forget like that starting layer of, of the things that we need, you know, something simple like maybe our, audience will know like a data dictionary, like make a data dictionary, define everything before you go off and create new things, you know, like it comes together with a common language. And I, I meet people all the time and they, they just never spent the energy and effort to, to document, you know, the basics of their communication with each other. What do the terms mean? You know, how do you use it? And it's just, it's so interesting because I feel like RevOps has sort of become technical implementation but that's not RevOps, right? That's just a tactic and a skill that you use to deliver on your RevOps strategy, but that's not all encompassing RevOps, unfortunately. 
so so you you hit on so many interesting things there. So one one thing you obviously said was that you know you know start with a data dictionary. That's one. You also said that look, we've lost our way because of it's become a big implementation thing versus the actual what RevOps is. And then you brought up you know the the, the term RevOps one hundred and one. So if you, if you were teaching a RevOps one hundred and one course to say a, a bunch of college kids or you know business executives who are trying to learn, okay what the what the truck is rev ops anyway i mean like what what would you what would be in your syllabus like what would you have what would you have in in in, in your syllabus for a rev ops 101 course to keep people on track yeah you know you have your your people your process your systems your analysis that's sort of like the basics that people hear about when they How does a company make the journey that someone goes through? And honestly, what is the journey that the dollar goes through from its potential to its actualization? Uh, a lot of people in RevOps actually don't know how a company makes money. And so when they come in, they just sit and they're basically doing sales ops or they're doing marketing ops, but they're not really doing like a full revenue, like engine sort of assistance situation right like they're they really don't understand how money is made so i think the 101 is like how do you make money what is the buyer's journey right how do the how do then the tools and the processes and the systems and the data how does that make that money how does it help that money be made and then how do we make it faster how do we make it more efficiently right how do we how do we find out where we're losing it you know like that's truly what revops is but i, I think you and I as technology partners, I think the technology has sort of taken over the RevOps space. I think RevOps was a term coined by a lot of software, right? So it sort of has this like flavor of, of technical implementation and administration. But honestly, you could do great RevOps and never use a single tool at all, right? Like just imagine somebody comes into a store and hand you some money and they want to be delivered their service and they have to wait you know for the order to be prepared so like revops in its essence is not a didn't need a tool the tools are just should be there to enable your ability to improve it sounds like what you're saying is that revops itself has been around for a while but you know the the term and the phrases and the buzzword it's got like a as you said it's like technological meaning to it or it's probably coined by some SaaS company or, or SaaS or sales B2B marketer, SaaS engineer, somewhere along, sales engineer along the way. But for you, it's been, it's been around for a while. Like, you know, it, it's, it's the idea of, of transaction for, for service. And then what that whole process entails to make sure that, you know, it, it goes well, like, where is it coming in from? Where are we wasting it? And where is it, how's it being delivered? Like the, the product or, or service is that, is that pretty accurate or. Yes. And it, it's kind of, it had a different life before sort of this sure. new tech enabled approach. So I think if anybody knows anything about like lean or six Sigma or how they did it in the manufacturing world, right. With the industrial era, we're like, oh, how do we improve our output? How do we be efficient? How do we get rid of waste? It's kind of the same thing, right? People who are in large corporations who are doing six Sigma, they're, they're trying to do change management. They're trying to be, be efficient because they know that the more efficient you are, the better you can actualize revenue, right? That's their approach. They're not necessarily trying to make more revenue, but they're trying to juice more from what you have, which efficiency is a tactic of RevOps, right? Absolutely. And so it's like, it's been around in multiple flavors. It's had different names, it's had different approaches, 
we're just in the iteration that is very tech enabled. So I, I get it. That's what we lean on these tools that help us see the data, clean the data, maintain the data and make things go faster, you know, do more with less. Like I get it. But if you don't understand how you could do it, maybe without the tech, right? Like what is the process independent of any tool you'll ever use? Even if you know the process has to use some tool to get the job done. We've just sort of like crafted this idea that's like, okay, we pick some tech first and then we jam all our process into what the tech can give us versus going, no, this is what the process needs to be. And then let's see what we have, what people, you know, what tools, what, what things we need to do to deliver on the, the process. Right. And that, that's such a, it's such a powerful thing, right? And, and to go back to the previous question we were talking about, like if you're running a RevOps 101 course, maybe a good exercise is trying to do RevOps without any of these tools, like a CRM or some automated, you know, email sequence or ticketing system or something, right? And then just seeing, you know, and then understanding what the essence of RevOps is, which is, you know, is, 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 is commerce done lean, like in a Six Sigma efficient way, trying to make it leaner. I mean, would you, would you consider like, I mean, is that, is that something that you, I mean, you've done ever with like, with a client or with a, with a, with a, with a, with a fellow marketer is, is, is trying to run RevOps without, without a tool. And, and I mean, could you, could you do what you think? Yeah, no, it was always a fun exercise with, with me and my, um, one of my previous team members. She actually runs a whole course now on documentation and she actually runs HubSpot's uh, RevOps bootcamp. But a lot of our theories were like, hey, can we first map out like what we're trying to achieve in a spreadsheet, right? Like, I guess the spreadsheet in itself is tool enabled, but it's like the, the bare bones. Yeah, sure, <laughs> you know, sure. Everybody, everybody knocks on a spreadsheet, like you, you in theory could do it handwritten on a piece of paper, but, you know, can you do the process on a spreadsheet? Can you understand what the process needs to be? Can you refine the process? Can you figure out what's wrong with the manual pieces? What's wrong with how you're storing the information, what's wrong with how you're referencing the information. Um, can you do that before then you go, okay, now how do we improve this process? We all just start with a very fancy over-engineered process before we've be, you know, been able to validate that it's even gonna do the trick, you know? And and I don't know, I just, I'm just sort of in this pullback mode and I don't know if I have the answers, but right now I'm more in, in the theory, right? Of the fact that I think we need to stop over-engineering a lot of our work, especially I think with where we're at, like as a global economy mm -hmm. and the retraction that's occurring, right? Yes. Like people need simple more than need, they need complicated right now. You know, they, you, the companies don't have whole teams to manage their tech. Their IT teams have been decimated. Their administrators are gone. Their management has been like thinned out. The worker bees are trying to do everything. And so when they're inheriting a system with 500 automations firing off everywhere, it's like, it's not possible. And honestly, do you really need that? Most organizations don't, you know? Um, and it's it's real interesting because it's like, had we, had we still been gung-ho with the economy of 2021, right? Like plowing through, maybe we wouldn't have noticed. Right. We were just so busy building. But right now we're in a retraction and we're sort of like now seeing the errors of our ways. <laughs> we're seeing like, hey, we didn't build for for scale. We just built because we were ferociously building. And now we're sort of being um, 
faced with like this decisions we made in the past going, hey, we got, got to take this back. We got to take it back to the basics. We have to make sure we have, you know, let's don't build a system that's bigger than you can maintain, you know, and, and, and honestly keep it simple. Sometimes we automate something that we just, we just did once, you know, <laughs> like you do it once every three months. Like, you know what, honestly, it's just worth doing it once every three months versus automating it. So if you, if you, if you go back, if, if you say, keep it simple now, you, you you mentioned that, you know, you guys would validate ideas or you map them out on a spreadsheet to keep them very, very simple. How, how does one go about validating an idea or a, or a process with just a, without this, with a spreadsheet and, and not necessarily, you know, trying it. I mean, obviously, you know, we might not have budgets right now to try these things, right? Because, you know, the world is, is, is upside down a little bit, as, as you mentioned, when, when it comes to, to marketing spend and those sorts of things. So, you know, how do you, how do you validate that when you don't, when you, when you can't really go to the field and do it? Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because a lot of the tools we use are just databases, right. And representation right. of the database. spreadsheet is just a simple database unconnected to something very fancy. So it like forces you to dumb things down. But something as simple as your pipeline and how you're managing the progression of your pipeline. Like, can you just make sure you can go in and maintain that data in a spreadsheet that that you have appropriate, you know, um, timelines like, hey, once this behavior occurs, I want you to go do this other behavior. You're not going to have some thing that tells you to do it. You just need to know that that's the next step in your process and you need to understand what the timeline is. Um, that that's so simple, but then you go into these tools and you're like, oh, I'm going to make this really great sales pipeline. I'm going to have all these tasks load up. I'm going to have all these. If you can't do that in a spreadsheet, if you can't remember your next step in line in a spreadsheet, 50 tasks firing at you is not going to motivate you to go do the work. <laughs> you know what I mean? So can That's you right. can you do the process manually in a simple way? Can you remember your steps manually in a simple way? If you can't do that, then you just don't have the commitment or the fortitude to have a sophisticated tool. You know, I think a lot of times uh, people who are in any of the ops realm, they get so upset. They're like, oh, well, so-and-so is not putting data in the tool. Okay, <laughs> well, the only RevOps thing you need to be doing is training right now and getting adoption. Yeah like of the baseline of whatever the thing it is that you have, because if they're not doing the baseline, architecting the most fancy system won't ever matter because they won't use it. That's such a, uh, it's such a powerful way of looking at it. And, and it's not something that you, you hear very often, right? Is that, you know, the, you know, people always say, oh, the, you know, the da data is important. We need, you know, data cleansing, we need data management. Whereas what, what you're, you're saying is more, you need to focus on like the, the very basics on like the, the, the people, the, 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 not, the, data not the input, <laughs> like just yeah, the make sure that is there, right? Like it's not, not that it's clean, but just, it's there. And it's, and it's, there'll it's be something. nothing to clean if nothing's there. Right. And there'll be, there'll be nothing to manage if the process can't even be utilized. It's like, I, and, and I think, I think there's something to learn from Six Sigma or the previous iteration because they were all about change management. They were all about a simple idea that could have a big impact. And then they spend 90% of the time trying to help people change to that new idea. Training, right? Documentation, like, like iterations and reps so that you're doing the, the behavior over and over until you can prove, okay, all right, we, 
everybody's using it now. Now we can see the improvement in efficiency. It's like, like that's one of the first things that that you should really be doing is like, like just understanding the processes, making the process simpler, making sure people adopt the process, like whether there's a tool or not, you know, it's making sure that, that all that, that's like, that's the basics. That's the foundation of things, right? Like do we, how do you hand things off? Can you map out an entire buyer journey? Can you map out how a dollar is sort of, you know, understood to be, to be possible through, um, you know, lead generation and then a dollar is actualized through a payment actually showing up in the bank. Can you map how all that works and make it really clear for people? Do, do people understand when they delay on their work, how it impacts those behind them, right? Like velocity, things like that. I think a lot of times also in RevOps, people feel that like by way of just doing the project, they're doing RevOps. Hey, I did the thing. We need the thing, I did the thing, I'm doing RevOps. Really, RevOps needs to be measurable, right? Are you improving velocity? Is something going faster or slower if that's what you want it to do? You know, are you improving conversions? Are you getting a percentage at the rate that you're trying to get? Are you improving the, the volume, right? Are you getting as much or as little as you're trying to get? There's like, there's so little that is actually measurable and tied to revenue. And I feel like we've lost our way. You know, we've just gotten so tech enabled. We lost our way. We don't really actually know what RevOps is. Like we're still in a place where people are still arguing over the definition. Yeah. You know? And at the end of the day, it's like, we're just trying to help the company make more money. You know, like that is all that it is. And in the most comfortable way we can, because people are involved and, and they're usually the biggest sticking point. But I don't know. I think, I think if you can strategize an improvement to revenue manually, then the tools are just gonna make you that much greater at what you do. But if you can't, the tools are never gonna make up for lack of understanding of how to improve like a business so it can make more money. It, 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 it sounds like a, it sounds like, well, I, know, I know you're a gamer. It, it sounds like, you know, you're, you're, it's like you could have the greatest gaming console or gaming system in the world, but if you don't understand the basics of how to play the game, it's not going to make a difference. You're never going to get the most out of that console. Is that, the is that mechanics. a fair yes. Mechan yes. you, need to, you need to know the mechanics of the game. You need to understand your opponent, right? right. So you need right. to understand all the, all the players on the board and that might impact what you do. And, you know, I've seen people with horrible equipment, but because they've mastered the strategy of doing the, the work, right? It doesn't hold them back. Sure. If they had a really fantastic, like gaming rig or whatever, like right. they could probably amplify, but, mm -hmm. but that's, that's never like, you're never, you're going to get more amplification from a really great player who has great equipment than really great equipment and a really mediocre player. Yeah. And in, in the music world, we say tone is in the fingers, right? If, if you can play the instrument, it doesn't matter what you play, you know, you, you can play a guitar of any kind. It could be a fancy mm -hmm. one or a Fisher Price one, but you know, you can still play it. If it's, it's still, still whoever's practice, it's those hours, it's that strategy understanding. So what you say is like, it's very, very profound and it's not something you hear every day. So that's a, that's a very uh, refreshing take on, on it. So Nicole, tell, tell me like, you know, how did, where, where did, where did these, where did these ideas come from? Like, what, what's what's your story? How, how did how did you get into into this whole world of of marketing RevOps? I mean, you know, what, what's what's the journey been like for you? 
Oh my. Well, you know, in the 90s, I was building websites on Lycos and Angel Fire and I had mm-hmm. a, a web I had a web ring and a repeating background and a guest book and all that fun stuff oh, for nice. anybody for anybody who knows what I'm talking about right now. I do. GeoCities um, for the win. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> and back then we called ourselves webmasters, right? Because we yep. were the masters of our website. And uh, so I started off there and I, I got really good at SEO and ranking websites. I moved on in into college. And when I got married and had my first babies, I was a stay-at-home mom and I had a mommy blog for scrapbooking and I was ranking page one for all these terms. I had an online scrapbooking store. I had uh, an affiliate program with like 200 other mommy bloggers who were all selling, reselling my scrapbook stuff. So I learned e-commerce. I, I learned all these things. I was editing PHP and I landed my very first corporate job uh, as an online ad campaign specialist for the local newspaper. Mm. And then out the gate, they had a really big project to revamp their ad system online. And I would sit in these meetings and it was a multi-million dollar software upgrade project. They were like replatforming and everything. No one there knew what was going on. <laughs> so the developers and the software company was like trying to get answers from us. No one over here knew what to tell them. And I show up, I was like 26 at the time, but because I had self-taught myself all these technical environments and how they work together and like what you need online. I ended up leading this project to execution like all by myself because I I had to PM it and get us to the finish line and make decisions and get it launched. So it was sort of my first taste of like what I could be doing to actually improve a business's ability to make money. A second project I picked up on the side while I was there was a um, we would do the real estate ads and the real estate ads had this ability where you could order a photographer. So this was back in like 2009. So you would order a photographer online, then they would send somebody out, they would take pictures of the real estate and then it would come back and uh, they'd load up the pictures to this file system. And then I would go and stitch it together and make those 360 views. Now they have software uh, for that. Yeah. But the whole process was so clunky. Emails would get lost. Updates wouldn't be known. People would get frustrated because their open houses would occur. It was like they were losing money and they they were making, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on this system. And during my short tenure there, it was like it was like having every quarter the amount of money that this was making because it was so clunky and it was a homegrown system that was built and wasn't maintained. There was no documentation. So I got permission to pick up a Django developer on the side who he and I worked after hours on this project because he was so frustrated about fixing all the bugs all the time. And he's like, we just got to rebuild it. So I architectured the whole system, the flow, what we needed to do, how we can improve our customer's experience. I read, you know, years worth of email complaints to understand what was the problem. And like we launched this new system and within months we were back to like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of orders, you know? And so it was like, you know, two projects in a short period of time at a corporate level where I was like, wow, with the right sort of understanding of like, how do we make money with this? What is the experience? Uh, How do we pull the tech? How do we pull the process? How do we pull the, you know, how do we make sure we understand what's going on? Um, 
that was sort of my big first taste. And then since then I went off and I consulted in marketing, I consulted in tech, and I had a series of jobs where I was both the IT girl because I was so technical. And then I was also the digital marketer because at the time, really people didn't have digital marketing jobs like as their full-time role. They were they were either traditional marketing or events or or PR or whatever, but like only digital didn't exist. So I I would be at a job dropping cables and and you know internet cables and void setting up void p and doing print drivers and then i'd also be like maintaining the website and the social media and doing the blogs and so it wasn't until 2013 that i got my first job where they're like no you're just gonna do digital marketing i was like what this is a dream <laughs> you know um and i would tell all my friends i'm getting paid to hang out on facebook all day this is so cool you know it was just like the concept i think was so novel back then um, and that's where I was introduced to HubSpot and Salesforce, and I became a HubSpot Salesforce administrator. And that's where I felt I really had the power because now I moved beyond maybe tools to do like delivery, like service delivery or tools to do ordering or whatever. I moved into like the whole back end of where you're trying to transition potential money into actual money. And that was a whole new world for me. And, and so what I did is I built my career sort of picking out all the pieces of the process, doing things manually, trying to pull it together, you know, trying to get little like um, parts of it, the journey. And then I found the middle piece I was missing all along, which more like the sales ops side, right? And, and then since then, uh, I became a HubSpot partner and it's just been downhill from them. But, but that's sort of how I started because I truly love the tech. And I, I was really, I was identifying as like a MarTech person before there was a name for it. And one day I came across this blog and it was chiefmartech.org, mm. um, you know, Scott Brinker. Scott and Brinker, I was just yeah. like, oh my gosh, I found people. Because <laughs> I always felt like, you know, the odd woman out. Nobody understood why I was so passionate about the underlying tech to do what I needed to do. I didn't want to be a content marketer, right? I didn't want to do graphics. I didn't want to do all the things that people normally associated with marketer. I wanted to be a technical marketer, but that wasn't a thing. Um, and so when I discovered that blog, it sort of opened up my eyes to a whole new career path. I had an identity, you know, and I, I now knew where to go. And ever since then, that's sort of where I've stuck. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of RevOps 500. This podcast is a great opportunity and channel for revenue operations and much more. If you've been thinking about a podcast or you want to ship production to a friendly team, check out ringmaster.com. They're the team behind this podcast. RevOps 500 is sponsored by Computan. Computan serves as the back-end dev and technology team for shorthanded marketing agencies and departments. Shorthanded. Wait a minute. That sounds like me. Now, let's get back to it. The end. Yeah, I, th I think we both probably discovered Scott's blog at the same time, given our, yeah. our similar ages, <laughs> backgrounds, and adventures in, in, you know, in the different you know, IT universes and marketing universe intersections. We probably discovered that same blog at the same <laughs> time. You said that and you said that and you said that and I was like, yeah, I, I remember, I remember seeing Scott's blog for the first time too. So I remember what I was, I remember what kind of, you know, what kind of rock band I had on my t-shirt. I remember everything. You know? It was like an aha moment when you find yeah. your people and you understand you belong somewhere. Yeah. 
funny because it's true. So it, it, it sounds like, you know, when, when you talk about your background and, and, and it kind of goes full circle to what we started the conversation with, where you, you have, you have your background, which is, which is somewhat technical, somewhat, you know, somewhat creative, somewhat you know, enterprising or entrepreneurial. And then you, when you put this technology in the middle, that's where it kind of connects everything, which I guess is, is kind of what RevOps is supposed to do, isn't it? I mean, you, you take all of these different things. Some of it is technical. Some of it is creative. Some of it is, you know, enterprising. Like, you know, where is the money coming from? How does it get managed? How does it get reported? And how does it get delivered? But, and, and you're saying that we've lost our way on the, it sounds like, you know, you're, you're standing in a lab of RevOps engineers or marketers and, and you, and, and you, and you have like your hands in the air and you're yelling like, enough right you have like in the, we're, mm -hmm. we're talking about the wrong things it's kind of like your your first uh interaction at the at the at the newspaper right where everybody is talking but nobody knows what what they're talking about and is that is, is it kind of like a similar is it like a similar vibe to that almost is what is what you're feeling I, I think so because true RevOps really is in a way you're somewhat of a business strategist right yeah. you're trying to go here are all the resources I have available to improve whatever thing I've identified as getting in the way of our goals and making more money and aligning with our customers. And, and I think there are people who, who do the work within RevOps, like, hey, I am a solutions architect. A RevOps strategist would use me to code deploy technology based on their specifications because they came up with that strategy. The problem is, is a lot of people who are solutions engineers want to call themselves RevOps strategists and they're just, they're not, they have not been exposed to all the things or they're just not interested in all the other things that they need to consider to develop a solution that truly may solve the problem. And so RevOps strategy, like as its own category, its own job title, its own approach to the all encompassing way that you pull it all together. That's the one thing that I don't think people are actually doing. Yeah, and that and that's hard to hard to pin down why it's not happening or whatever. But it really does sound like you you know if you if you if you get people in a room and you ask them like what exactly are we are we doing here? You you take all the the comments about like an agenda item which could be well the data is coming here. We need to integrate with that. We need this custom object created for this thing. We I mean if you just say okay well wait a minute what are we what exactly are we trying to do? What are we trying to build? What's trying to be sold? You know, you, you get you get down to the actual, the business of it. It, it. All those things probably become a lot easier to to answer, don't they? They do. And I think a lot of people want to be quick to prescribe a solution before they truly understand the problem. There's not, there's too much like building and not enough analysis. Analysis. Occurring, okay. You know, how do we understand what is actually happening how do we know what our options are to test an improvement in the situation? How do we whittle it down to the best thing to test first? How do we analyze the results of that test? You know, like it's just, we're missing that whole thing. It's, it's and, it, and I think the thing is it's, it's hard to do. It's a hard skill to acquire. If we, if you and I are, are identifying in this way and we're looking at our history that took 20 years to arrive to, then mm -hmm. RevOps strategy is an elevated role. It's an elevated role. It's an elevated skill. It's an expensive skill. I think people aspire to have it, but I think two people are putting a, a label on the work that they do and trying to make it equal to that category. And it's not. It's not. So so here, here's a question for you. So 
if Nicole 20 years in the future comes comes back in time to 2023 and and tells and and and, and, and you guys are you know, obviously hopefully you guys are talking about more more interesting and more exciting things than RevOps. But you know, if, 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 if in the case you're not, I mean what 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 do you think future Nicole tells current Nicole now about what happened and how it happened and where things are then in the future? Yeah, honestly, I'm not a big AI bandwagon person, All right. but I do think what AI is going to do is sort of try to make up for the lack of analysis skills that people have today, right? Mm-hmm. So so really smart people, like think, think about the stock market pickers. There's software out there that will do all the analysis for you. You just have to put in a little bit of what your goals are. Like, what am I trying to achieve? What, how do I want my portfolio? What am I looking for? What types of you know, businesses do I want to invest in? Whatever. And it will just follow the market every day, all day long, and build a profile and start to make you recommendations so that you don't have to do anything. This, this happened in the ad world. If you can do a pretty decent job of running ads, if you buy the right tool these days, because so much data has gone into it, so much sort of analysis has been programmed into these tools you hook in your ads accounts and then it tells you what to do hey fix this this is a leak over here this is an improvement over there so i do think because so few people possess this sort of business strategy skill to help a business make more revenue i think that that's going to be uh, the focus of a lot of ai investment to help bridge this gap because it is just it's it's hard to wait (laughs) versus Jill or Nicole to develop over 20 years. Like, it's just, you can't, like, progress doesn't wait for that. So, you know, while I sit here going, we need to go back to the basics, we need to go to the fundamentals, we need to do all this stuff. It's also just something that is grown with time and not everybody has that time. And so I do think I would tell myself to get a little more interested in AI (laughs) so that I could go and be an operator or, or, you know, or be the brain behind some of these tools of putting my analysis in them and help them to help other people because um, progress is only going to be moving forward. So we need to do things. It's an exercise in RevOps, right? What tools can we use to make up for the lack of the knowledge we need to solve our own problems and make more money? So the so Nicole, twenty years in the future, tells current day Nicole, Nicole, the robots are coming and get a license <laughs> so you I can drive them. So. Get in on it. I think I, I think <laughs> I need a because I look at it going. I really see the the problems that need to be solved to help businesses make more money. You know, c- could some sort of AI uh, tap into the brains of the smartest people who know how to analyze business? Right, at mm-hmm. least get you farther than you could be if you were just trying to do it on your own. Yeah, I I, I think that's probably fair. I mean, I, you know, that's, you know, the, the future, the future is, are, are those things and analysis happens quicker. You know, you can drive to conclusions based off previous knowledge. So, you know, maybe, maybe future Nicole is onto something with that, you know, like on, onto that, uh, on, onto, onto that, onto that thing about, Hey, you know, you, you guys have to see the next wave coming. I mean, you know, we, we were both, sounds like we are both part of that whole, internet revolution you know building building websites at a at a younger age <laughs> and then you know we i mean then you're coming in and and then seeing the technology evolve having some technology being technology generalists and then having to combine that with 
like a, you know, an enterprising mind because you know people age and that these are our earning years. So we have to learn how to to make money. So you combine technology with revenue, and you have this revenue engineer. I guess is the term <laughs> you know you could you could use to call it. And then of course you know become you know technical marketers and and, and those sorts of things. So you know who knows maybe maybe yeah. she's right. Yeah, and I, I think where we're at right now. So twenty years from now, we know where we might go. But for now, it's almost like an exercise in restraint, right? Like. Can you restrain yourself from trying to over-engineer things? Yeah. Can you truly try to build a simple solution that has the most impact on the revenue, right? Like that, that's the challenge. Can you, can you actually simplify it and still make more money versus overcomplicating it and, you know, potentially making more money? Because here's the other thing that people don't consider. They've built static solutions. They feel like, okay, all the tech, all the people and all the processes are gonna remain the same forever. So now I'm building the Taj Mahal of automated engines because I don't believe anything will change. Well, what has happened this year? Everyone's getting laid off. All the tech budget's getting cut, right? Like, and they're asking for processes to be way more streamlined, you know, so you could just get to the, to the end result faster. And so you can't do that now. When you have a bloated, over-engineered system, it's like you can't ramp up a new a new employee quickly, or you can't knowledge transfer fast to someone else. Like so, then everything you built either becomes a lost sunk cost and has to be like obliterated and taken apart. It's like you you got to really build something that is elastic and like capable of like surviving, surviving. whatever whatever situation comes up. And that's why I'm like, if we go back to the basics, if we build an evergreen system, we are like for any situation, this, this is what will work. And then we have a second iteration where we're like, okay, these are the advancements that we are layering on top, well-documented, separate from the core engine, that if we had to shut all this off, we can in an instant, and it would not topple like the house. That is, uh, you know, an, an interesting and, and and pretty cool, a pretty cool uh, way of looking at it. I mean, if if it can be done, it's like it's almost like this utopian, utopian idea. And and I guess, I mean, is 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 building like a, is is putting good structure something that you you do with your with your with with remoteish and obviously, I mean, culturish is something very similar, but obviously different kind of structure for a different kind of business. But what what can you what can you tell tell us about about both about you know remoteish and culturish at the same time? Yeah, like I would say compared to some of my competitors and our peers, we have a very undersized engine. Like we keep things quite simple. Every every time I start seeing something getting a little bit bloated and out of hand and I strip it back down, right? I'm like, no, 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 we're getting a little too ahead of ourselves. We're a small team. Like we don't need that level of what's going on. Um, and so even with our clients, like I believe I've mapped out, there's like 12 foundational RevOps projects that if you have HubSpot, you should have, or at least you should review and ensure that it either fits or doesn't fit your business model, but it shouldn't be ignored. And until you've established those 12, you really shouldn't build anything new. Got it. These are like foundational things. Anything new would cause you to be sort of building a lopsided system, maybe only focused on this one area and not considering the full flow of how money goes through the organization. 
there's also kind of an order of operations where it's like, if you don't have these things built first, then these other things won't be built well, like later, you know, you, you gotta go in order. And so it's like, I think every organization sort of needs to map what that is. Like, what are the foundational things we need? And those are the things that we're gonna revisit over and over and over again. <laughs> They're gonna get maintained. And then we might layer some new projects on top, but then we're always gonna reference this foundation, right? What are those critical pieces that we have in place? And so my organization does RevOps only for HubSpot. It's very narrow. We don't go the full, the full cycle. We won't go outside of that platform. But I found 12 projects just within that system that spans yeah. your marketing, your sales, right? Your servicing, your remarketing, your customer communications, your, your data, all that stuff. And it's like, I, I feel like more people should sit there going like, what, what is our foundation? And documenting that and planning for that. And until that's perfected, you really shouldn't be doing anything else. That's interesting. And what and what about Culturish? What can you what can you tell us all about Culturish? You know, it's funny because Culturish, so Culturish is focusing more on like agency ops, but we're on HubSpot Starter. Like wow, interesting. We're on HubSpot Starter. It's basic. It gets us what we need. We have our website on there. We do our sales pipeline on there. We have our event forms on there. You know, I have a little bit of automation for my more, more repetitive tasks and it like gets the job done and I don't need something bigger. But contrary to that, when I was running remote-ish as a much smaller team and I was doing all our sales, I had HubSpot sales enterprise just for me. Mm. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I had my playbooks mapped out. I put automation in place. I had a really well mapped out process that enabled me well. I never missed a deadline, right? It was important to me. And, and that at the time, $800 was worth everything because if I hired a full-time person to enable me in that way, I'm going to pay, you know, $7,000 fully That's loaded right. salary, right? So, right? so it's like, it depends on the business, right? What's foundational for that business. For me, it was foundational to sell. I had to sell. I had to sell all the time. Um, whereas with Culturish, our brand is more focused on uh, distribution of education, right? It's a very thought leadership oriented um, business. So my website has to be easy to find information. My ability to launch events has to be very, very easy. So in theory, in the future, I might look to upgrade to CMS Pro because then I can do my events through HubDB, which really would make my time and energy efficient. That would be foundational for that business's like operating system and how it makes money and how it acquires customers. And so I don't know, it's just funny because I sit with with people on my team and I like, you have to understand how the business makes money. Like every business makes money differently. You know, some people collect payment at the point of transaction. Some people won't actualize the payment for a year after an agreement is made. That's right. Like you need to know these things. And if you don't, your recommendation won't like serve the RevOps goals that you have very well. When they're like, hey, we wanna close deals faster. And you're like, great. And then you help a company close the deal faster but in theory, what they really want is to make the money faster and it takes a year to get their payment. Now you're actually gonna be like, you know what? Deals don't actually have to close faster. You, we gotta look at your like accounting system and your merchant system and how, how you're structuring your, your, your deal, like how long it takes to go through procurement. Like that's where we need to be focusing on improving for this business's um, goals. And people just, they're missing that. And it's like, I think we need to go to business school. 
Or I think like if you're in marketing, you need to still sit on sales calls and talk to salespeople and, and then you need to go to service. It's like you have to chase like the knowledge and you have to sit in in the, the pain of the problem. And when you're, when you're so far separated, when you haven't sat in the middle of it, when you haven't dove in and really understood what the problem truly is, it's like our recommendations are just so canned these days. Like you think you could just go through one checklist and it's perfect and it's not. Um, and it's, it's, you know, and I say all these things and I say, it's so simple and we need to go back to the basics. I do know it's hard, but that's why this role just, it needs to be somebody, somebody needs to aspire to build this knowledge and to arrive at this role because the way we're defining this role right now is misaligned with what, what we need, you know? So let, let's say, let, let's say, let's, let's, let's go back to your, 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 uh, your comment about the, the money kind of comes in, but you know, then it takes a year to get them. Sorry, the deal comes in, but the money takes a year to get to actually come into the, to the company. So let's say, let's say you're, you're, you know, you're, you're a pizza, a pizza parlor. You know, the marketer brings all sorts of people to the door and says, oh, I brought you your deals. But then, of course, the problem is the gig the pizza made. I mean, not everybody's running pizza like a multinational franchise. So it takes them five hours to make one, 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 you know, one, one pie of pizza. And that's really where the problem is because they can't get the money without delivering the pizza. And then as a RevOps person, you need to go in and see, okay, why is it taking maybe so long to do that and maybe trying to diagnose what that problem is because it's really all about the money coming in not so much it's just about the revenue the top line revenue but it's also making sure that you actually collect and you actually figure out, okay why is it taking so long to heat it do we have an oven problem do we have a serving problem do we have a staffing problem and are you saying RevOps needs to be involved in all of those questions and helping solve those answers i would say yes Right. That's, that's RevOps, right? Like that's (laughs) your truck. Revenue doesn't just exist in marketing or sales or, or service. It doesn't exist in trying to, to retain or, or resell a client. It exists in all of it, which that's why this is a hard role because you literally have to be a sales and marketing and service and finance. And like, you have to be like, like really, really, you don't have to be an expert. You have to be really clear on how it all works. You have to ask the right um, questions, and, right? You have to ask the right yeah. questions. Where, you have what, to know how they connect. Yeah, who's fixing the oven? Who's fixing? Who's cooking the pizza? Where where are, where are mm-hmm. green peppers? Where's the where's the pepperoni? Where, where, I mean, how can we can't make it? Is it sourcing problem? You don't know. You don't know how to make it, but you know how to find who can make it, right? And those sorts of things. There's a very famous like clip or from a movie about I think the owners of McDonald's. I don't know if you've seen this where. The yeah. yeah, they're sitting there and they go and draw, I think, with some chalk on a blacktop, the layout of yes. the back end where they're cooking. That's and right. they're just they're doing it over and over again. And they're literally having people sit there mocking up like they're cooking and they're seeing all the inefficiencies and they have to get up on a ladder, right, to look down and understand, like, why are these two people bumping into each other? Why don't you have the, you know, the condiments over here and the buns over here? And, you know, you need this much space over here. In theory, that's RevOps, right? Yeah. How do we figure yeah. out how to deliver it? The problem is, is RevOps coined really by technology companies has said, well, RevOps is only technology. And it's not, right? Yeah. That's just, that's a tool used to enable improvement of your revenue operations. And so, you know, I, I liked your example of the pizza. I, I think if we, if we start to think in manual terms, right? Maybe something local, maybe something you have to physically do manually. 
I, I think that may change things because right now when everything's like invisible, right? It's software, it's in the cloud, a process is invisible. When you actually have to like, do the thing, right? Do it in a spreadsheet, which is the most basic of software, but people feel like it's archaic. That will show you the pain. That will show you what's missing. That will show you what's next. That will show you what needs to be improved. Um, and it's it's interesting though, because I don't think people want to learn all those things. I think people who like to solution architect like to solution architect. And I think data analysts love to analyze data. And I think you know people who want to do sales coaching and enablement to improve that. That's all they want to do, and they should be okay with that. But they can't call themselves RevOps strategists, right? They're confusing themselves and they're confusing everybody around them. Like the role in itself and the delivery of that work that's coming from a singular person, it's a very specific craft. Yeah, and, and it doesn't come doesn't come easy, that's for sure. So you know, Nicole, where where can uh, where can people get a hold of you? Where where how can they connect with you uh if they if they're interested in doing so? Well, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Uh, I think I, I tell people, if you want to get a hold of me, send me a LinkedIn message instead of an email because you'll get a faster response. <laughs> so LinkedIn, okay, yes, that, that's uh, that's great. And, you know, on on my end, I mean, I, I've, I found this conversation, uh, you know, in, incredibly enlightening. I mean, you know, Nicole, I mean, you know, we, we are in the same sort of, um, I mean, we congregate in the same sort of, environment sometimes professionally you, you and I and I mean if, but it's been it's been very very uh refreshing to 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 hear your your perspective on on revops and how perhaps we we've, we've lost our way I know that I'm uh I'm personally energized just to kind of talk to talk to our gang and see kind of what what we can do based off of you know some of these um you know just these analogies that you know you've come up with like how do you keep it simple using a spreadsheet you know pulling out the different things and you're saying, pretend the tools aren't there. Let's see how this whole thing works. So, I mean, like that has been a very uh, entertaining. It's been fun to have like some of the retro conversation too with you. I mean, and I just uh, can't thank you enough for, uh, for jamming with me on this uh, nice Thursday afternoon. No, it's good to t t talk to somebody who's not like dating me. They're, they're just like, Oh yeah, I know that era. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and if anybody, if Ted was listening, if you, if you, if you enjoyed it, please, you know, comment, share, do those things that you that uh, marketers love for you to do, and you know, Nicole. Thanks again for for coming on. Awesome, thank you. This has been another exciting episode of RevOps Five Hundred, and we'll see everybody next time. And that wraps up another episode of RevOps Five Hundred. Thanks for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at RevOps500.com. RevOps Five Hundred is sponsored by Computer, providing technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing.